Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Last week on the World Soccer Talk Show, we talked about the January transfer window and how a lot of clubs in Europe and America use it to kind of shore up loose ends. That's more common in Europe, especially for teams that may have been struggling after a weak summer transfer window or maybe they're trying to make a push for placement in their domestic league. So today I'm joined by World Soccer Talk's Kartik Krishnar and ESPN's Janusz Michalik. Am I pronouncing that right, Janusz? Good, good. Don't worry, I, I don't get offended. <laughs> my Polish, I'll admit, is, uh, my Polish is not my best, but uh, today we're going to talk about Americans in particular and Major League Soccer's general move over to Europe. You know, now in Major League Soccer, it's kind of two phases. You can you can develop players and be successful with what you've seen, or you can have the old kind of thing to do, which is bring players over. So how do you think Major League Soccer has developed in being able to have two possibilities, I should say at least two possibilities, in being successful domestically? Well, I'm glad they're selling players now, because I have to, I have to say, 15 years ago, we had guys like Eddie Johnson and Taylor Twelman and Shalry Joseph and many others that the league held on to for too long and, and didn't let go when they had good offers from Europe. Eddie Johnson, they finally let go what, two years uh, after he had first gotten a, a serious offer from a, from a major European club. And the case of Taylor Twelman, uh, he never went, right? And, and there were multiple offers for him. And, and that's just a few of the guys that, that happened with. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that MLS now is part of the global player market and that they are willing to develop good, young, uh, American and Canadian talent and other talent, right? Other talent from the CONCACAF region and sell those guys on. Uh, Alfonso Davies, uh, he's uh, a fantastic example. I mean, the, the, the standout example of what Major League Soccer can do with an academy program. Vancouver actually has a residency program in addition to just a, uh, an academy setup. Uh, came through that residency program, then played for the uh, for the B team in USL, then played for the A team in Major League Soccer, then goes to Bayern Munich, is arguably the best left back in the world or one of the best left backs in the world now. Uh, so he's a fantastic example. I think MLS learned a lot from the development of Davies and some other players, and now that's become a commodity for them. We see what FC Dallas does, and, and we see what uh, Red Bull does in, in, in New Jersey. Uh, developing players, selling them on, using their B teams in USL, which will which will move those B teams will move to MLS Next Pro in, in 2023. But using those USL teams as a way to uh, to get those guys games at a young age and get them uh, in the shop window, so to speak, and over to Europe. So it's fantastic for Major League Soccer. It's fantastic for US Soccer. I think it's been fantastic for USL also. Actually, quite frankly, uh, a little concerned about them losing some of those reserve teams, but uh, I, I'm all for it. Carter, do you think that uh, perhaps it could take away from Major League Soccer selling these players? I know that uh, at least a goal that I hear online is keeping these players domestically allows young kids to be able to watch them grow up on it, be like them. So is there any threat of selling these players on that could actually take away from this game's development here? 
No, I don't think so. I think that they MLS had that attitude 15 years ago, and I think held on to guys. I, I just mentioned Taylor Twelman, but I think everybody knows everybody watches him regularly on ESPN. I think he's a guy they held on to for too long. Uh, Eddie Johnson. I think guys like Stevie Ralston could have gone to Europe, uh, never went because not because they weren't capable, not because they weren't at that level, but because uh, at times MLS held on to guys for too long. There were also work permit issues. I remember the first time Bobby Condi tried to go go to Europe, he had a hard time getting a work permit, got it the second time. Uh, same thing with DeMarcus Beasley. But um, they, I, I think it enhances the league's reputation and the eagerness of young American players to want to play in the league if they know when they sign, in, if they sign a Jan Adidas contract in MLS, they're not going to be held on to forever. I have to say, quite frankly, one of my experiences working in the NASL, uh, which uh, Janus called a number of our games actually in those days, um, working in the most recent incarnation of the NASL was a lot of young players and their agents said, well, maybe we'll sign with the New York Cosmos or, or the Fort Lauderdale Strikers or whoever, Tampa Bay Rowdies, because we could play with you for a year and we know you're not gonna hold us back uh, or my client back from going to Europe. So Haji Wright was a great example, signed with the New York Cosmos, played a year with the Cosmos uh, and played with the B team a little bit and NPSL got to Schalke. MLS wasn't as, um, focused on getting their guys over. And, and at the time, a lot of player agents thought, you know what, um, my guys, uh, I may be better off taking them directly to Europe or, or, or sending them to college, letting them go to college for a year or two, or uh, having them sign in NASL or USL because MLS is not going to sell them uh, when they should be sold and when they should move to, to a, a higher level or a different level. It's not necessarily a higher level, but it is a different level. Uh, now MLS is very open to that. So I think that's great. Yeah, I think this is just just the nature of, of development. First of all, I mean, we're here in the United States, or let's call it North America. We're sitting on a gold mine. The gold mine has always been there. I mean, this is just the beginning. I mean, it's, it's not even, and everybody senses it. Everybody knows it. It just took MLS a little bit of time because, you know, there was no trust in the young players. The league develops. You always worry, right? I mean, you, you want to show, you know, first, uh, it's not even showing the world, but you've got to uh, make this league special in this environment, which is not an easy one because you're competing against everybody else, right? That distrust of throwing 17, 18 years old, are they good enough? Of course, that's going to take time. And now the trends like that, anywhere you know in the world anyway you see so many 17 18 19 year olds playing on some of the biggest uh, clubs in the world look look at just barcelona right now look at you know look what's happening there and, and by the way they're going to be back in no time i have zero, you know i mean the demise of barcelona is greatly exaggerated now are they going to be back to the peps years where they win you know six trophies everything there's to be won in that fashion probably not but you know, there's only one or two clubs in the history of the world that, that, that have done it and can do do that in such style. But they'll be back in terms of, you know, competing against for La Liga and for Champions League, right? Uh, so so what's happening in Major League Soccer, they finally said, and I remember it wasn't all that long ago, that they, they just trusted those young players and they let them play. And, you know, unless you let them play, you don't know how much talent you have, right? I mean, take, for example, Ricardo Pepe. Let's be honest here. I mean, this kid came out of nowhere two years and, and look where he is right now, right? I mean, we're in the business. We know Major League Soccer. And, you know, okay, he was in the academy. Unless you sit there in Dallas and, and know the club inside out, you don't know what he's doing in that academy. He came into the first team, didn't really play all that much right away. Started playing. Next thing you know, he's being sold for $20 million. So, But that's what happens. You get this opportunity, but most importantly, people within the club and your coaches are saying, hey, I have no problem playing young kids. I don't, you know, results are important, but I'm not going to not play somebody because I'm worried about results. So 
I think that's just the nature of the bees that as the league gets older, better, you know, and all that good stuff. Again, this is just the beginning. I mean, it's, it's, I, I kind of laugh. I always have maybe because I've been here and I've played at every level. I mean, you know, I played in, you know, in front of 500 people on, uh, you know, indoor soccer, you, you know, way back when. And I was always amazed how many great players I've seen. You know, I was looking around back then. I was going, my goodness. But there was no league for them to play outdoors. There really wasn't. Uh, so, so the bottom line here is, is that, you know, we're just at the beginning of it. I think there's now a moment where I would hope that some of these, you know, not just in Cardi is right, because USL is kind of taking different directions. Uh, uh, you know, USL and, and Major League Soccer were, were aligned for many, uh, many, many years. It seems now that they're going, uh, you know, they're growing apart, which may actually help um, US soccer in so many ways. I think you're already seeing and you will see more young players moving on from USL and perhaps other leagues as well. And that's good for, for soccer in general, unless you have a vested interest in one or the other, which, you know, I'm speaking here on behalf of US soccer. I want to see that. Where they come from, it doesn't matter as long as they're good players, right? So, so yes, I, I think we'll see. What I want to see now is... is the value of those players, because I still think that we're, we're, we're selling these players way too cheap. Now, you know, uh, how much, obviously they have to prove themselves, but I, but I think that, that teams from Europe in particular are looking at, at the United States or North America, I should say, they're getting these players for cheap. I really do. I, I think, you know, when I see these figures, four or five million people being happy six, I know Pepe was a little bit different, uh, but uh, I just think that uh, some of these players should be their initial price because you have to start somewhere. If you continue to sell at four, five, six million, that's what you're going to be selling for, right? Because you're setting the market. So anyway. Kartik, uh, Janusz talks. Oh, go ahead, Kartik. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was going to say real quickly on that. My line to a, to a friend in the Vancouver organization when he told me we sold Alfonso Davies for a record MLS fee to Bayern, I said to him, is it enough of a record? <laughs> I had that same attitude. I knew how good Davies was going to be. Um, and I think they didn't get enough money for him, quite frankly, at this point, looking at how good he is. Kartik, on the topic of Alfonso Davies, Yanish uh, mentioned the gold mine of players that are in North America, and he mentioned Barcelona, Serginho Dest there uh, over at Juventus, Weston McKinney. It used to be a one-off thing to have uh, someone from the U.S. or Canada at a major club, but now we're seeing it to happen. We're seeing it happen with more consistency. How does that kind of resemble the growth of the game here in, in Canada over the last uh, probably decade or so? Yeah, and last season in France, Jonathan David uh, mm -hmm. helps yep. lead Will to the title. Timmy Weah plays, uh, who's American, plays a role in that. Jonathan David's, of course, Canadian. Uh, so that was that was great. League champions in France, uh, both the Canadian and the American, being a, a big part of that. It, it, it is a big deal. It's something that we thought was going to happen sooner. And I think some of us, including myself, got impatient about, well, we're not getting enough guys at big clubs. We're not getting enough uh, players at uh, recognizable brand clubs in Europe. And now uh, the doors have been blown off that. McKinney, as you mentioned, obviously Pulisic and, uh, and, and Serginho Guest and, and uh, on the Canadian side, uh, Jonathan David, as I mentioned, Alfonso Davies. Uh, you've got Kyle Laren playing uh, at a top club in Turkey. So all of this is, it, it has happened relatively quickly. I mean, for years, there seemed to be a glass ceiling. Uh, we were so excited when Johnny O'Brien played for Ajax 
uh, thinking that was the limit of kind of our ambition at the time, right? That was the highest level an American player could play at. Claudia Reyna at Rangers also at a similar time period. Uh, now we've got guys at the biggest and uh, most marketable clubs on the planet. So it's it's really exciting. And, and uh, you know, in the past, we had some guys like Jonathan Spector who were at Manchester United, didn't really make it there and moved on. Now we got guys playing regularly at top clubs. It's, it's, it's great. Yash, I want to wrap up with this. Uh, I think if we had this conversation uh, 10, 15 years ago, we'd be talking about a lot of different things. So hypothetically, can we just look 10, 15 years down the road? Uh, how do you, how many Americans or Canadians or Mexicans even do you see being major parts of these major clubs? And what does MLS and uh, American soccer, uh, Canadian soccer, have to do to get to a point where it's not just like two or three players a season, but rather it's just like a constant transfer of players in between major clubs? Well, I mean, those, those are two separate issues. I think we're going to continue uh, seeing that, right? Because I think it's going to take, you know, I mean, does, does, is Major League Soccer ever going to be at a level that NASL once was, right, where all the best players come here? Or are they ever going to be at a level? Or should they be at that level? I, I don't even know if there's a need for that to become number one or two or three, right? So I think as you see young players develop, I think they look at Major League Soccer uh, as a platform to succeed. Now you can make money at, at that as well, right? I mean, when we first started, you know, everybody was looking everywhere because, uh, you know, the money wasn't the same. Now you can you can make a pretty good living uh, uh, just playing Major League Soccer. But I think the players will want to test themselves against the best in the world. I think that the need or want to test yourself against, you know, in Europe, against Barcelona, Manchester United cities and all that is always going to be there for players, right? That's where you thrive for. And that's absolutely tremendous. Uh, so that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation, of course, is the fact that it doesn't necessarily mean that the best players aren't going to be coming here like Jovinko did, like Insigne did sooner rather than later as well, right? Because, you know, you know, if if there's more clubs than Toronto, you know, in the future, because today you can say Dallas is a selling club or some of these are like, fair play, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen with some of these owners with other clubs, you know, so if... You know, if if, if Lorenzo Insigne is coming here to, you know, for $50 million a year, I mean, that's a lot of money. I don't know if anybody pays him. You know, people say, well, he could have gone elsewhere. Yes, he could have gone to a big club somewhere. But I don't know if they pay him $15 million, you know, a year for whatever. Was it four or five years at the age of 30, pretty much? So, you know, people are looking at it and seeing, A, you know, good living. But, you know, they've got to respect the league itself enough to do that because look lorenzo insignia is no dummy right he understands that it's a difficult move and it's a risky move right because okay i don't think that's going to prevent him from playing in a world cup if italy you know makes it indeed right but i think he sees himself he, he sees himself playing for italy even past that right it's not just the immediate thing and he thinks that there's enough there where we've seen, you know, uh, uh, managers look across. And I think they have to respect and they, they have to understand that Major League Soccer is a player. Is that a major player in all of it? No, but it's no longer the Major League Soccer that, you know, I, you know, I was the original in, in 1996 or even 2000. So that's changing, I think. People see the value of coming over here. And, and I think you're going to see more of that. So you can see young players going to Europe. And older players coming back, but when we say older, this is not the 35, 36, 37 year olds. This is going to be the likes of Insignia maybe coming over and 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 seeing that it's been a great experience for them. They see the level of the league; it's okay, right? It's still pretty good. And and 
so, so two different issues, I think. I hope I answered that right. Yeah. Uh, Kartik, anything else you want to touch on to what Giannis just said? Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. I think Insigne is a huge signing and, and would mention that um, when you have a coach like Bob Bradley who understands Italian football really well, he's a guy who I don't think has ever played when he at his clubs in Major League Soccer had the budget and the ambition necessarily behind him. Yeah, I, LAFC was a great project, but he didn't necessarily have the ability to go and reach and get a guy out of Serie A the way Toronto does. It's also a quality of life issue in that city, right? That's a very European city, very cosmopolitan city. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I think there are going to be a few more guys that, that Bob Bradley is able to bring over. And so you see there are clubs and managers in Major League Soccer who have a certain profile and a certain level of respect in Europe to where they can get guys over. And I think that's something we haven't had before either. Uh, we, we haven't had managers or a, or a city or a project or a club that, that had all the factors together like Toronto does now to where you can attract those sorts of players. And just very quickly, I think it's good for you. I mean, I'd much rather have the young players getting the opportunity, uh, uh, starting the professional career here, even moving on, because it's good for the U.S. national team, right? I don't want to see the players just to come here. You know, for example, a player like Insigne, you know that somebody alongside of him is going to learn. He's still at a yeah. stage where, where he's going to go out there and, and perform at the highest level for a number of years, right? You'd like to think, right? So, so I think that's beneficial to our game. And remember, everybody will have a different view on it. I always look at the league as a chance for young players, a chance that when I was playing, it really wasn't given to anybody then. And then, of course, broadly, I'm looking at the U.S. men's national team, the, the youth teams and, and the, the national team, because that's the team that I play for. That's the team that I want to make sure that it's successful. And, and the path that we're on right now, I think it's very good for that. And we're seeing that, right? We saw that over the summer where we're, you know, we're playing, you know, you know, B, C teams that can compete, you know, in our region. We saw what happened in the Gold Cup and in the, you know, Nations League and all of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we still beat Mexico uh, in the World Cup qualifying as well with a team that when I, you know, I mean, if you show me that team sort of with my mentality five, seven, ten years ago, I'm going, come on. Uh, how are we going to do it? And yet we've done it. I mean, I, I think we forget that. A lot of big names missing. Imagine in my time, or even 10 years ago, if you'd have two or three key big name players not available, we'd lose the next game before we even started. That's no longer the case. So there is progress. It's still ways to go. I'm not getting my, you know, everybody knows me. Cardiac knows me. I'm, I'm not getting my U.S. pom-poms out just yet. I, I understand perfectly where U.S. soccer is in the world's football. Uh, you know, I'm neither high, you know, super high or super low. I think we're in a, on a good path right now. All right. Well, Yanish uh, and Carter, I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up there on a positive note about the U.S. men's national team. Yanish uh, and uh, Carter, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, hopefully we didn't take too long there. And uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a great weekend ahead of you watching your soccer. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank yep. you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 